Hello, and welcome to Copenhagen. This is the podcast where I, Laura, share my experiences traveling and studying abroad in Copenhagen, Denmark. Thank you for tuning in. Today, I'm going to be talking about architecture. Now, Copenhagen is known for its design and architecture. It's been named the most livable city in the world by Monocle magazine several years running. And while at first I was skeptical as to what exactly makes one great city more livable than another, it's easy to understand why now that I'm here. From the biking infrastructure to public spaces and parks, there's a lot of things to talk about when it comes to Copenhagen's livability. After doing a little research, I discovered that many of the great aspects of Copenhagen can be attributed to the urban planning genius of a man named Jan Gell who has compelling theories on what makes a city livable and sustainable. Gell proposes that while many cities are designed for cars, that is, um, the design is centered around making traffic more efficient and therefore decreasing congestion within the city, a great city should be designed for the people. It should be bikeable, walkable, full of urban green spaces and social centers, And Gell has really sought to gradually rethink cities for people since the 1960s. And since then, he has made major improvements in cities across the globe, including my very own New York City and, of course, Copenhagen. The first big point that I've heard Gell make again and again is the fact that a sustainable city should be biker-friendly. Nearly 40% of all Copenhagen residents commute via bike, and as I mentioned in the last episode, it's really difficult to find a street in Copenhagen without a bike lane. But this didn't happen overnight. Over a number of years, Gell's design team increased the number of bike lanes and decreased the number of parking spots in the city. And gradually, the people became fed up with trying to find a parking spot and started paying more attention to the increasing number of bikers speeding past them as they did. And eventually... This frustration led to a slow but steady transition to biking. And of course, this is great because more bikers means less cars on the road and less emissions that are harmful to the environment, as well as the fact that biking is a healthy habit and really contributes to the wellness of the residents of the city. Which brings us to the next big point. That is the fact that Gell says cities should be more walkable when residents feel safe and comfortable walking from point A to point B, getting to their destination by foot, they feel a greater sense of belonging and fondness towards their city. This may mean that residents are more likely to adopt other sustainable habits like biking, which again, of course, is great because it contributes to the health of the city and of its residents. But making a city walkable isn't the easiest task in the world. This means that You have to make sure that all public spaces and landmarks, shopping centers, green spaces, etc. are close enough together so that the city feels small, despite the fact that it may or may not actually be small. And this is something that I've really experienced to be true in my time here in Copenhagen, and I like the fact that Copenhagen feels really small. And in reality, it's not a big city. Size-wise and population-wise, it's really not that big. But it does have a lot of different neighborhoods, and these neighborhoods are more than just a couple streets. They're big neighborhoods, and, and you can move between them very easily, and especially by bike and definitely on foot. It's really nice to know that there's unique parts of the city, but you can move between them very easily. The third topic that Gell emphasizes a lot is the importance and the need for really unique 
and functional urban spaces. And this could be green spaces or parks or any other type of urban space that's open to the public. I saw this really awesome TED talk recently about the same subject and it was a woman who is an urban planner for New York and she contributed to a lot of the projects there like the High Line that are really popular and I think she discussed a lot of things that were really similar to the work that Gell has done for public spaces so I'll put the link to that in the description you should check it out if you're interested in this topic but both of these people were talking about the fact that there's been a recent trend towards having more small urban spaces rather than fewer large urban parks and stuff like that. And there's this idea that these small parks and just places to sit and, and pause in your daily routine that are sprinkled throughout the city, maybe these are the, the glue in between the neighborhoods. These are the key elements that make a city more livable, more bikeable, more walkable because they, they're the transition points between neighborhoods and they make the city feel less lonely, more alive. You can, if you're walking around on empty streets or maybe just streets full of people walking by you and everyone has a place to be and they're walking quickly and not taking time to enjoy the atmosphere, you don't feel the sense that the city is really a place where people want to be. But if you have these little parks, you're walking along the road and you notice that people are sitting and, and reading and, and grabbing a bite to eat. And the city feels more friendly. And I really like that. It's definitely true in New York. There's lots of tiny parks everywhere and I much prefer that to having one giant park. And Copenhagen also does a really great job of having really, really unique spaces, um, but that aren't necessarily huge. So one of my favorite examples of this is a park called Super Keelan. Pause and go Google an image of this park. It's really incredible. It's spelled S-U-P-E-R-K-I-L-E-N. And the images that first pop up when you Google it are a bird's eye view of the main portion of the park. And this portion is a skate park painted in various shades of red and pink, and it looks really awesome from above. But what you can't see from the pictures is that the park extends in both directions, serving as a sliver of color and a space to relax in the middle of the bustling Norboro neighborhood. Throughout the park, there are playgrounds and art pieces, benches and swinging chairs, a life-size gymnastics setup complete with rings and parallel bars, and even equipment to do an outdoor workout if you wanted, including a sizable rock with a metal handle attached, which would perfectly serve as a makeshift dumbbell if you wanted to. It's really a perfect example of a public space that's unique but also functional, and I really love it. But there are countless examples of spaces like this in Copenhagen. There's another one of my favorites that's called Island Brigga. I know I'm pronouncing that horribly wrong, I'm so sorry, but... <laughs> It's a popular spot in the summer in Copenhagen um, because a lot of people go there to barbecue and hang out when the weather's nice, and it's right next to the water. At Eilenburga, you can find a lap pool sectioned off in the canal for serious swimmers and a man-made cliff for the less serious swimmers. And you'll find people jumping off the cliff into the water. There's also a kiddie pool area and a bike path that extends into the water. And it's all located in the canal, just next to a grassy area where families and friends sit and drink beer. 
I think it's amazing how simple and functional this space is because it's taken a space that's always existed in the city, the canal, but really makes a use out of it that's more than just a pretty sight to see. It's a lap pool, it's a water park, it's a bike path, it's all these amazing things, but people are using it and it's a part of the city. So when they go to this park, they become more aware of the city around them and they become more attached to the actual city. And I think that's really amazing how simple yet functional these spaces are. And those are the type of spaces that Gal and the woman from the podcast or from the TED Talk were really emphasizing. Spaces that really make you love the city you're living in and attract people and bring them together. And I can't wait to see more of these spaces in New York and Copenhagen and other cities that I travel in. I really love this type of architecture. So if you're interested, I'll try to find more TED Talks on this topic. Uh, I find it really fascinating, and I'm sure I haven't articulated the ideas as well as these people can, so check those out. And um, that's all for now. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time.